Hello everyone, it's Friday night and it is weekender time once more. We have another packed show full of fantasy, sci-fi, historic, near and modern. On top of all of that, we have two copies of the new NATO book for Team Yankee from store.ontabletop.com. If you want to be in with a chance to win, then comment either on Tabletop or on YouTube. If you want a double chance, comment on both. We can't stop you. Otherwise, sit back and relax because your weekend starts here. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Weekender. I'm joined by Ben, Justin, and Shay to take you through the gaming goodness that we've seen over the past seven days. Yeah. We've a lot to get through. Oh, There's yeah. a lot, lot going on. Uh, but before <laughs> we get into what's happened in the last seven days, we'd like to talk to you about the next seven days. And beyond, <laughs> actually, the next month, in fact, for mm. October is full of uh, delightful things. Um, we're going to be kicking things off on the first, being the start of the month, with Terrain Fest yes. D23, <laughs> where you can get involved in building, painting, big buckets of terrain. Lloyd's going mm-hmm. to be putting together all my room from Sarita, <laughs> uh, which would be great. I look forward to it. Everybody should comment on what colors they want to see room painted in by Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Do you think the standard marble and red slate roofs or red tiled roofs is the way to go, or should he go for the more prosaic colored version? Everybody's unique. I think I colored. Was, I mean, if he's going to be doing that, he may as well go the whole hog. I was hoping 60s psychedelic. That's, that's pretty much what the colored version is. Um, <laughs> but you've got a month to get involved and there is the possibility of winning a big galvy bucket of prizes mm-hmm. uh, from store.ontabletop.com by merch mm-hmm. um, which is a facsimile of what Justin is putting together for a 40k table yes yes the gamers gaming table <laughs> the gamers gaming table I'm sorry um, I hate I hate overcluttered narrative gaming tables that you can't play on sure my latest bugbear <laughs> okay, okay. So yeah, there's going to be a series of videos throughout the month uh, from Justin, where he's going to be sharing off building all of this and all that kind of thing. And fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, and uh, as uh, as Jerry's pointing out, all you got to do is jump into the project system. You'll be able to build a project after you've made a free account on OnTabletop.com. Uh, there'll be a little drop-down menu for contests that you can find, and in there you'll find Terrain Fest 2023. Mm-hmm. You will only be added into the draw for the contest at the end of this when we start to look at all the projects and stuff and pick our favourites if you've got that tag on your project. So if you have started a Terrain Fest project, which I know some of you have, I, I saw you doing it, I see you, uh, then you will have to make sure that you tag that when the month begins. So make sure to head yeah. on over and do that. Yes, and Weirdly, even if you've already created it, you can go back in, uh, edit your project to tag it into that. Yes. I'll probably set that live on the 30th of September, mm-hmm. around midday, to take yes. into account people in foreign places that are ahead of the game. Those people <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the Antipodeans, we know uh, you. Yeah. We see you hatch. 
that that one person who lives on the the time zone border between America and Russia, where it's one day, day two. <laughs> I would also point out that there's no reason why you have to do massive amounts of terrain for this. No. You don't have to do like a whole table. You could literally just do one building if you wanted to. The whole point is that we're working through stuff and you know breaking into that collection of terrain that we might have buried away somewhere and uh, and working I'm, on things. I'm going to so, pin yeah. this tree. There you go. That would count. Yay. Go, Jerry. <laughs> I'm lying, of course. I won't be in that tree. It's not happening now or ever. Uh, it's it's a beautiful dream, I mean, but, you know, mm. I've waited this long for Lloyd to pay in my room. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so you can get involved. Don't worry about even completing your things. We yeah. hopefully will have a look at people's um, projects throughout the month of October, so you may see little yeah. updates as we keep an eye on what people are up to. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So that's the Train Fest, which starts on the 1st. Mm -hmm. Then on the 2nd of October, mm. Infinity goes all shattergroundy. It does. Uh, with a three-week-long campaign. Mm -hmm. Oh. Um, and this comes off the back of Endsong, the, the most recent book, and what happened on uh, Concilium, the, uh, the O12's sort of home planet or primary planet. Uh, so from... The second of October, uh, probably around midday. We'll time. We'll we'll double check, but you know you'll see it anyway. Uh, the War Console site will go live. You'll be able to register your interest, who you're involved with, and then uh, get the the PDFs for the background and the rules because there are specific missions tied to specific areas, and some areas are keyed to specific factions more than others. You can fight anywhere you want, uh, but command and control for the Yuqing may ask why you're playing in a harbor when the rest of the Yuqing forces are somewhere else fighting for their <laughs> lives. So, you know, um, but there's a, uh, there's Sounds six like mercenary work to me. Well, yeah, there, there are six <laughs> areas of interest, um, here on concilium, uh, that people are going to be fighting over. And there's obviously a, a storyline that goes alongside that. We don't want any spoilers yet. Uh, you'll <laughs> find out all about those in due course uh, i know carlos has mentioned some of what's going on in some of the places on a little video uh, myself and killian uh, are sitting down to, to do something similar we'll also talk about the scenarios and the mission briefings that are included in uh, each of the areas and i believe killian is going to do a little write-up for what he thinks yeah. the best way to win those areas are yeah uh, so there's going to be little tactical reports available over on the shatterground site if you go and check out make sure to so, read through those and see what you think so, so. killian has officially became a war correspondent yes basically yeah <laughs> we're trying to get him into a white suit uh, but we haven't <laughs> found one to fit him yet the man i'm standing here in front new. of the o12 uh, building Yes. We don't know what's going on. Oh, God, it blew up. <laughs> Can we That's get him a UN helmet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm sure uh, the Ariadna have one of them somewhere. Oh, God, yeah. Plenty of them. So Tons, if, you're, yeah. if you're into Infinity, um, in, in all flavors, because there's no reason why you can't play it in Code 1, um, mm -hmm. that will run from the 2nd of October to the 23rd of October. So uh, you'll be able to get involved there. And they're generally a lot of fun. Um, I'm very narrative driven as well by the various players because they, they go hard on their factions. So expect espionage, expect spying, expect shouting at you whenever you're fighting in the wrong place. You know, these things happen. You uh, get, you'll, you'll get distracted in war. You'll see a Toha just holding a sign going, I swear, I'm O12. <laughs> could, be, could be that. I'm not, getting, I'm not getting into the two. <laughs> but they, they will be there, so fear not. Do the 
doing uh, our Lord's own work. <laughs> Maybe not the Lord's own work. Anyway, so that's October. Back to September. Mm-hmm. And it's time to have a look at the Indie of the Week. And this week, we're going to take a look at piano war games. Oh, yes. Um, The finest musical instrument. I'm sure there's a reason why it's called piano war games. Uh, I'm sure I'm not going to check because it would spoil anything in my head. I like Um, the mysticism of it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, piano is uh, Napoleonic war based and specifically 1809. So... Uh, a little snapshot in time where there was a lot of weird and wacky things going on. Uh, and uh, he's been focusing on sculpting uh, a range of, let's say, the smaller nations and contributing yeah. nations to some of the grand coalitions. <laughs> so the ones you're less likely to see being produced in plastic by every company under the sun. Um, so, yes, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Uh, I think we'll start off with some of the miniature ranges, shall we, before we yes. get into any of the, the more uh, eclectic bits and pieces that mm-hmm. he's up to. Uh, so if I go here, you can see metal and STLs. I'm not looking at ones and zeros. You can't make me. Um, <laughs> but Jerry, you're looking at a computer screen. You're clearly looking at ones and zeros. Nope. I just made you. No, nope, that's a picture of a metal model. Uh, so we have <laughs> Württemberg, uh, Hessian, Darmstadt, uh, Würzburg, Bavaria, Austrian, Tyrolians, mm-hmm. uh, and then miscellaneous. Um, so as you can see, while the, the figures themselves can sort of cross a, a larger period, um, they're more or less focused in, in around the, the 1809 sort of period, mm-hmm. and they are absolutely stonking gorgeous. They, they are amazing. Like yeah. I know a lot of I know, I know a lot of people Ooh. consider the Perry miniature stuff to be the gold standard of sort of Napoleonics, and mm. they are very, very nice. But there's something to be said about what uh, Lucas has done with the the miniatures for this range because they are gorgeous, <laughs> mm. um, full of detail. And and as you say, I think the the thing that's really great about this is the fact that that Lucas wanted to try and zone in on that particular period of the Napoleonic War and was like, hey, there's nobody making miniatures around this. There's nobody looking at the characters and these mm. you know amazing personalities that were there at the time. I'm just going to dive in and do all that. And yeah. so you've got, as you can see here, like loads of amazing characters and um, and and basically every type of line trooper you could think of. <laughs> well, I will yeah. say I'm very curious about the Bavarians. I always thought of them as more of a, a peaceful people, you know, a land of milk and honey and many beers. <laughs> Have you met Germany? <laughs> <laughs> Have you met Sundancer? Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever I think Bavaria, I just think massive steins of beer. Right. Whatever I think Bavaria, I think part of the Holy Roman Empire and subsequent mm. uh, empires and, and countries afterwards. No, every, at this stage in the game, everybody was out for themselves. And, you know, just because you may speak a language similar, Let's face it, the languages weren't that similar. Oh, so um, you're, you're from over the hill, so we don't like you? That type yeah. of thing, yeah. yeah there are a really- lot of... I was looking at a map. I was talking to Jerry before we started. I'm looking at a map of all the different little principalities and regions and everything, and it is mind-boggling how confusing yeah. it is. So, <laughs> I mean, weren't weren't the Swedes big and active at this time? Um, not so much. I mean, they're involved in the pulling on wars because I mean, everybody pretty much stuck the the hand in at some point. They they weren't quite as aggressively expansionist as they had been previous century. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> 
but I mean, the, the Swedes are there, the Danes are there, but yeah, the, uh, the, the interesting thing is, I mean, even with the French, France was very partitioned, uh, and so much so that f- the French that people speak today, uh, is a dialect that came from, I don't want to say it was Paris, but it may have been that Paris area and it sort of grew out and subsumed the other dialects. Likewise with, um, the various places in and around Germany and Austria and, and the like they all had their own regional dialects that have sort of been subsumed over time. Um, so that they were very much their own little nationlets onto themselves. Mm-hmm. But the, the sculpting is absolutely tremendous as well on these. I mean, I yeah. did hear that even today in France, I think there's like a, a government body which is actually responsible for ensuring the purity of the French language so it doesn't grow and evolve with all the slang terms. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's quite odd. It's like the Oxford English Dictionary, but more prescriptive. Yeah, you know these words can go in; these words can't. <laughs> I love these. The Jaegers, yeah, yeah. Everyone, so everybody likes a a, a good uh, rifleman, a nice skirmisher. Yeah. Now, at this time period, what was the weaponry doing? Was it making vast leaps forward, or was it just musket versus musket versus musket? Mostly muskets. The the riflemen who existed on both sides were few and far between because it was. It was a similar style. They're all um, there was no breech loading. It was all dropped in the end. But the rifling slowed down the um, firing time, uh, which is why riflemen tended to be used as skirmishers in them in and of themselves, rather than have uh, them kicking around the place. I see. Mm. Look at the look at the royal guard. They are absolutely spanking. There's so much so character good. in them. Yeah. Hey, well. something different. Foot on drum. Yeah, <laughs> tactical drum. <laughs> piping away there as well which is nice i think that's one of the things that's really nice about this is that it's not your standard line troopers so Mm -hmm. i mean obviously you've got the chaps marching forward that you would expect but then each of the command elements has got as we were saying earlier a little bit of that personality and character to it so you can start to look at individuals and be like ah maybe i could actually name this guy and stuff (gasps) things great a a very nice is that Wacking, wacking phoenix (laughs) <laughs> I can't wait for that film. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. Yeah. I think we're all the same. CS, yeah. Furtenberg, everything you need, including... Dead horses. Casualties. Bloody casualties, yeah. Which might be handy for games that we might talk about later on. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, the, the guy on the right here, you don't need to paint him with a blood stain. Clearly, he's just had too much to drink. He's an officer yes. who's went out on the town, and it's just like, come along, sir, it's time for bed. But no, I don't want to. One more round. We have a battle tomorrow. Go to bed. He's a. Uh, you've a had enough. In. You've had enough. He's a, a shoe in for a, a silver bayonet. Uh, mm. A scenario where he's wandering through the streets with his pal, only to be attacked by a vampire. I don't know. Maybe. So. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, for well, it's a very valid point for some yeah. people out there who are watching this. Go and go. I don't do historics. However, silver bayonet. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. You only need like eight people. Them. Uh, and away you go. <laughs> yeah. you know. uh, that would be a nice scenario. You just have you know a group of raw French recruits walking through the streets with their rifles and all of a sudden werewolf attack. Yep. Could happen. Could happen in Canada, certainly. Mm. Just saying. Just saying. I'm looking <laughs> out to see if any of these commanders for the, the Hessians actually look like... Uh, what's his name? He's crazy. Oh... How can I forget his name? Why Why is Grandpa on the right? <laughs> Super old man on the right. She's like, back in my day, we used bow and arrow. Wow. 
I like to think that maybe he's just been continually pressed going back into service all Probably. the time. Either that or he's just a really, really good shot and he just he's like, shooting people. Always one day away from retirement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I like these. Yeah, the horse design's yeah, really nice. nice on the Piano mm. War Game stuff as well. Like, they're not massively bulky. They don't... Christopher Walken. Not that. Christopher Walken. It was killing me there. That's why I said nothing. <laughs> Couldn't care anymore. Can't focus on piano war games. You played I, the Hesse and, and the, you know, anyway. I'm surprised you didn't just start talking like him. <laughs> Who have we got here? Line infantry often Spain. Uh, I really like, and this is one of the reasons I like Spain and Portugal and the Peninsula War uh, a bit more than uh, previous or. Uh, later conflicts in the Napoleonic period because everybody had been there for so long and all their uniforms got ragged and screwed and the, the British went from nice white trousers to grey trousers to brown to whatever they could find from whoever was making trousers in the area uh, type of thing, you know. And it really had a hung together veteran force mm. against veteran force sort of feel. And these certainly have that feel to them, you know. Yeah, make patched good. up legs and stuff, yeah. There, there's something I never think about and I never hear anyone talk about. How long did some of the campaigns last for, Jerry? Years, in some cases. Mm. Um, the Napoleonic period runs from, what? well, specifically whenever he becomes sort of emperor, you're looking uh, 1804 through to 1815 when they finally defeat him at Waterloo. Mm. Obviously, there's breaks in between where there's there were a little period of exile peace. there. Yeah, <laughs> they, they could sew up fresh one, trousers. Yeah, one period of exile and a couple of periods of peace when things were sort of um, ramping up or ramping down. There were periods where, because he uh, nine coalitions against them? Yes. Anyway, there were multiple coalitions against them. Sometimes he won massive battles and then it was a big suing for peace and areas were divided up. Um, and then everything went quiet for a while, and then he'd decide that he might, you know, go and tickle somebody else somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there'd be a new coalition formed going, you really shouldn't be doing that. Uh, <laughs> and everything went back to the start, yeah. styling. So, yeah, uh, it went on for some time. The Austrians are mm. really oh, nice. Not the There's officers of the Tyrolean Rebellion. Yeah. This is This is good. Uh, for anybody who wants a, a way into Napoleonics, uh, mm-hmm. one of the reasons the Tyrol Rebellion kicked off was anti-vaxxers. It was. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, it honestly, literally was. <laughs> the guy on the right, he's literally just rocking in in the Lederhosen, going, yep. follow yeah. me, lads. Well, it was a, an uprising of the peasants and, and all sorts mm. of things. Yeah. Mm. So, Tyrol is... Put down. Tyrol's a lovely place to go and visit. If you ever get the chance to go and visit the Tyrol region, it's it's absolutely stunning. Innsbruck is gorgeous. And if you can do Oberammergau whenever they're doing the Passion Play as well, I heartily recommend that. Mm. That goes. Every, every single one of the releases that Piano mm. have put out just sort of like makes me go, oh, that's just great. That would be fun I, to paint. <laughs> I love the individuality they've got in some of the sculpts. Again, yeah. my biggest fear doing any kind of Napoleonics is it's just guy standing in line with tricorn, just holding like that, you know, mm. or with it's, yeah. big flashy hats. Yeah. One of the benefits of having a nice mix of sort of your regular line infantry and then having the skirmishes in there as well, mm. playing around mm. with that. So, yeah. The other thing that's always quite nice about this is it is clearly like incredibly well researched the stuff that yeah. they do. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing all those individuals, all those characters coming through, but you're also seeing 
all the different variants in dress and uniform and, and everything at the same time. Because again, as we said, it's fo- it's focused on this very it's well not a small but a, <laughs> a snapshot in time. A snapshot yeah. of the larger conflict. Um you get to play around with some really interesting characters and designs and stuff without having to feel like you're stepping on the toes of the uh the larger warfare well the the larger bits of warfare going on elsewhere it's, in the It's another Chris Wilkinism. It's more cowbell. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you've even got what it looks to be a preacher of some sort. Yeah. So I think. Oh, the, and one of them's carrying a little baby calf. That's so cute. Yeah. Or is that a puppy? No, I think it's. A calf. I think it's a calf or a lamb. So yeah, eager to to Something run away from food. the oncoming conflict. So yeah, <laughs> but you do get goats. So yeah. you know everything's great again. Uh, but seeing that with like. I see one there with a, a preacher holding up a cross. So, yeah, definitely silver bayonet for this. Mm. Uh, with their flails and their sides, yeah, just regular people doing their doing their work up in the Civic mountains. Duty. And then that's what happens to them. Unlucky. <laughs> Sucks to uh, be them. The old man is just doing the goodbye scene in a movie. Yeah, tell my wife. <laughs> goes to wife later, wife later and goes. Yeah. Here we but then again, like, how, how good is that set? Like, mm, that's a that's whole bunch list. of characters you wouldn't necessarily think about. You would assume that everything would just be the generals that you would have got for the different armies, but mm. well, they, I mean, they, not, they well, were yes, the they are, I suppose they are. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, going in and finding all these sort of the regular folk that yeah. started leading different uh, portions of the rebellion and stuff is great. So I mean. Uh, um, and when we talk about like a snapshot in time, the Tyrol Rebellion was months. Mm. It ran from like April to mm. November. Mm. He said in a high question voice. Yeah, I think that's about right. April to November-ish. Um, so it was a very, very small window of time when they got the rights taken away and were breast ganged into uh, the army after being told they weren't. And then some cheeky Bavarians were telling them that they have to go and get vaccinated against smallpox. They didn't want that. They'd much rather die. Uh, of smallpox instead. Wait, uh, you're, like you're going to protect me from smallpox by giving me smallpox? No, I'll protect you from Question smallpox mark? by giving you cowpox. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hence vaccination. Vaca yes, from yes. the Latin cow. So, oh, yes. I like the fact that you can get the civilian weapon sets. Yeah. Mm. That's nice to be able to lay your hands on. Because mm-hmm. I would nearly convert some of the, the soldiers to actually have civilian weapons. Yeah, you could Just for that. a bit of a mix-up. Yeah. I think it's quite a nice thing you could probably do with the 3D printable stuff. Like mm. you could get the weapons as STLs and play around with them a little bit more, slot them into the the. Uh, that, and even if you're wanting to do some like upgrades, say you've got some barn houses and stuff, you could actually be running those out and actually putting them in, just as like <laughs> Try extra details. Muckers. Love it. I'm some muckers. There's plenty of them around. Lloyd shot. Yay! Be happy. So yeah. Obviously, there's a, a whole king caboodle for multiple armies. Yes. Um, in fact, amusingly, I'm going to skip to there, and then we'll come skip back and have a look at the, the <laughs> PDF. And the reason I'm going to st- skip to here is the reason the Tyrol Rebellion failed in the end was because of this Danube campaign, because the um, the Austrians who were providing support got raffle stumped. Um uh, and then they had to, the new uh, new person in charge. Uh, I can't remember who he was. 
he withdrew his support from Tyrol and withdrew the troops. And at that point, it all went very badly wrong because after three like, thumping successes, uh, the Tyrol mm -hmm. rebels all of a sudden found themselves with one border uncovered and less troops, and uh, then things went went tits up for them. So the uh, Danube campaign here obviously has a ton and abs, and this I think is the biggest Kickstarter that uh, Lucas has done so yeah. far. As you can see, the look sappers. Um, so tons and tons of models for uh, the French. Yeah, because until then, the until now, the French have sort of hung around a little bit in the background, mm. almost. And now Lucas has gone right, right. Time to do the French now. I've done everything else. <laughs> so you've got your it's time to do it. It's, it's various yeah, factions and nations and duchies yeah. and principalities and princeps and seats and powers. Yeah. Now have an emperor. Mm. And, and I think the idea is that because this is part one of two. Yes. So the first of these Kickstarters is dealing with your kind of core infantry and a few yeah. bits of artillery and that kind of thing. But I think the next one's going to look at adding additional bits and pieces in and cavalry, cavalry and, and the like, things. yeah, which will be so. sometime early next year, I think is the, the idea for that. But this will give you this will give you the boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um what you need to to see to to play out a lot of these various campaigns. Yeah. Which is really nice. That is ridiculous. Optional, optional glasses. So, again, the, the, just, the sculpting I, work is fabulous. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so detailed. Um, then there's the Austrians who lost. You lost Austrians. You're so bad. The other thing that's worth pointing out as well um, is that we talked about the fact that the, uh, the piano war games do STL files. Mm. Uh, they're designed for 28 mil mm. but the thing that's quite nice about what lucas has done is that they can scale down very nicely so you can bring them down to 20 or 15 mil depending on what you wanted to do yeah, it's an old bill uh, murray and and play all sorts of different games if you wanted so um it, it's quite nice that they have that option in there for people who want to play at slightly small scales potentially so, yeah yeah Although, i mean I'm, I'm surprised jerry isn't just like shriveling up going why are they on rounds <laughs> Don't mind that they're on rounds. Because they're going to plug into square bases. Yeah. <laughs> My uh into regiment trays. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So like the, the main website, you can get these as metal or you can get these as STLs. Um and I think he's also going to refund the Ooh, they're for, for for non mm -hmm. uh yeah, just just like Ben said. Yeah, so you can just scale them down nice and easily. So. Um, yeah, he's going to refund the VAT for non-EU countries. Uh, mm -hmm. So whenever you get hit by VAT on your end, you're not paying it twice, yeah. which is good. But the, the figures themselves are absolutely superb. Legs. Um, Brief legs. We like legs. So it's, it's nice to see a few bits and pieces already kicking Ragoons. in there. Yeah. Always annoyed whenever I was a kid. They weren't mounted on giant fire-breathing lizards. <laughs> yeah, I had that same thing as well. I used yeah. to play Cossacks and, uh, you know, the, the RTS game. Yes. And you'd play around with the Dragoons. And I was, I was just like, these don't look like dragons. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, whole whole slew of stuff unlocked already, as you can see, yeah. uh, and piles of packs in there. So depending on, your, bonus depending on your poison, you can go either way. Um, we'll pop back 
to the the website before we leave it all together. Uh, and we were talking about the research that um, that he's done, uh, and he has done some outstanding research, and very helpfully he's included that um, because one of the the hardest parts for Napoleonics for people is who, where, when, and what were they carrying. Um, so being able to come in here and just grab PDFs for uh, well, Trillion Rebels, probably not a major issue. They're dressed like civilians mostly, but the Bavarian, Württemberg, Austrian painting guides are great. The, um, the flags as well. I know, I think he was saying at one point, uh, he got in contact with, oh, the modern version of one of the, the country's sort of armies, you know, like a military museum in oh, wow. X, uh, and was asking them about flags and it's like oh, we just don't know and we don't know we don't know because they were so successful that their their sort of their flags don't exist whereas they know a lot of other flags because they were constantly you know whenever capture the king's colors for example oh. the countries would keep them and and use them as you know like well, look look at the stuff we've got we've got the you know flags off the spanish armada and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so they've been preserved whereas the actual regimental flags for for some nations have just disappeared so that it's like a best guess based on mm. you know maybe a, a scribbled note from somebody about you know that the, they march past with their lovely checkered banner or whatever and you go right well their banner was checkered but what does that mean so so there, there's a lot of sort of minutiae that is still kind of out there or there's stuff that you can't find but you really have to dig for it so yeah. for these smaller nations that's even harder to find because obviously when people think napoleonic war they go france and england Mm -hmm. And there's a ton of resources that are very easily accessible on the internet if you want to paint Russia, Prussia, Austria, France, England, Spain. They're all out there. But then you go, I'd really like to do, uh, who were part of the third coalition for five months. And you discover nobody knows what they were up to, what they were about, or who they were carrying. So, so these, I think, are an absolute godsend to go as a nice supplemental with the, the miniatures themselves. And, and free. And the flags. And free. <laughs> the freeness yeah. is nice. I mean, the low, low price of absolutely nothing cannot <laughs> Except be. Except your internet connection. It cannot be overstated. I will go to the local library, which I imagine is where most people are watching this. The local <laughs> library, because that is also free. So there you go, folks. Don't you guys have phones? <laughs> yeah, no war games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic indie. And if you're into it, a uh, great little Kickstarter that's running for another few weeks. It's mm -hmm. 15 days, yeah. 16 days. Something anyway, like well-funded. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to have a look at some news. Coming to you from the center of Northwestern Europe. Covering board games, war games, card games, and all that shit you love. It's the news. <laughs> All right, we're back. It's time to take a look at some news. All the news mm -hmm. that's fit to print, even though nobody prints news anymore. <laughs> and we're going to be kicking things off with NATO, very yeah. much flavour of the month, I believe. <laughs> so, yeah, going back to a time where people did print things, um, we're looking at some more stuff with the Cold War gone hot and the NATO forces that are coming to uh, World War Three Team Yankee from the folks at Battlefront Miniatures. So we saw a little bit of a preview of what they had planned for this uh, not too long ago, but now pre-orders are open for what's going to be dropping throughout the months of October and November. There's going to be a whole host of new things for you to dive into and check out. So the starting with... 
the NATO Forces book, which covers a whole host of different nations. So this is going to be looking at Canada, France, the Netherlands, Belgium, and also the Anzac Brigades that were fighting for uh, Australia and New Zealand in this sort of alternative timeline, I suppose mm. you could say. Uh, and that obviously means loads of different uh, troops for you to be tinkering around with and vehicles and everything else in between. Uh, there's also going to be a new French starter force, as you can see there, with the Leclerc tank company, which is going to be rolling out, looking very nice indeed. Named um, after the man from Alulu. <laughs> Libeget force. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this is really very much uh, Battlefront moving towards this idea of like, effect effectively honing in on the idea of this being a world war at this point. Mm. Because in the initial sort of sets that they've been doing for Team Yankee and stuff, it was very much the clashes in Eastern Europe between uh, the different forces there against the Soviets. But now it's starting to move towards the conflicts happening over in the Americas, because obviously had the, the invasion by the Russians over there, the Soviets, mm. sorry. Yep. They were dropping in and sacking everyone in America and everything. But... Uh, this sort of like takes things with that and plays around with that with the Canadians, as you can see. But then obviously you've got all the other NATO nations dropping into the mix at the same time to do some fighting. These are obviously then going to be built on by a whole host of additional kits that are going to be coming out. Some of these are going to be direct only. Some of them will be available for everybody to pick up from various stores, including our own, of course. Mm. Um, and, but these are some of the new box sets that are going to be coming out. So you're going to have even more of the tanks for you to drop into uh, that additional starter force there to throw even more armor into the mix we've also got the m113 transports there as well which are a ubiquitous vehicle that a lot of people will know uh, and then you've also got the and these are some of my favorites the cougar armored troop oh there's something about these and the tanks that we were just looking at that has this almost kind of like weird near future vibe to them i think it's the curves mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. i'm just waiting to see the terrain set that's the recommissioned magino line just the end of it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So it's been really fun looking at these these models and stuff that, 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 that are going to sort of fit into the different nations that mm. are going to be fighting out uh, during this period. And um, yeah, I, I think the aesthetic's kind of fun as well with these because we are moving distinctly towards the modern effectively with this uh, and sort of powering a little bit through the 80s. Uh, toward the tail end of that and beyond so it'll be fun to see what they do with these uh, and i know a lot of people are very interested in uh, learning a little bit more about this and, and and playing out this kind of what if scenario on the tabletop um mm. it seems to be going down very well online things so uh yeah very cool indeed. what do you think Shay? is john going to be tempted by the baguette <laughs> i don't know i don't know if, um I think he's got enough Swedish to deal with for the moment. <laughs> I think I think he'd be all right for the moment. Okay. You don't think pushing another bunch of military in front of him that requires a different oh. multi-tone camo scheme is the way to go? Oh come think, on! It'll make his Christmas. I think he'd just leave at that in point. Fact, he might be done for just, Christmas. Yeah. I think he'd just go at that point if I did that. <laughs> you, you can't have your French until you've uh, you've played some games with your Swedes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Germans, because I, I know he's got these Germans are done. Mm. So yeah, I think get those out and about first. Yeah, yeah. interesting to see where NATO goes because obviously the Swedish forces can have um, NATO uh, allied companies slash battalions slash whatever. Um, so I can imagine a lot of people picking and choosing, doing a bit of the old min max mm -hmm. filth. Yes, Fendi. hunting for that that fromage. Look at Shay's face. There's a man who knows Just filth. 
T55 spam. No one can beat it. It's <laughs> you have just started a war on the internet. Well, time will tell. No, Shay, you're wrong. <laughs> and obviously, uh, we've got a couple of NATO forces books as well mm. that we're g- g- giving away. And how generous we are. Fun, fun. Yeah. We are so generous. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, interesting to see where people take that and what happens mm-hmm. in the long run with the old NATO in the near future. Yeah. But going to a completely different, I mean, this you couldn't get much more diametrically opposed from a possible 1980 to a completely impossible um, range of Asian samurai and demons. Yeah, so uh, Hemetsu, which is a game that we have looked bef- at before on the mm. on the show, is a 13 millimeter sort of fantasy skirmish game that uh, comes from Black Sight Studios, who do really fantastic, small scale, interesting, diverse indie style uh, projects. Mm. Hemetsu is um, a, th- a demon hunting samurai game where. What's happened is feudal Japan has uh, been overrun by sort of like a cataclysm that has sort of struck the world. And these massive rifts have opened up within um, the, the the country that are letting demonic forces through. So your Oni and all sorts of things like that. Happens so all, lo- the all the time. All the time. Every, every Friday, demonic rift. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm kind of loving the fact that a Western warrior has just got lost and turned up here and went, Oh, wait, there's demons to kill? I'm in. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And so what's happened is these demons are now taken over and there's a kind of like a sort of post-apocalypse thing going on where the Oni are just basically rampaging across the the landscape and uh, destroying everything that they can. And so what's happened is the different schools have come together. So you've got the School of Strength, Stealth, Magic, and Corruption uh, that are all sort of now working together to try and defeat these demonic incursions and send these bosses and all sorts of strange demonic creatures back through the rift into their own dimensions a little bit like conan and those serpent warriors mm. um so in this game it's a cooperative game uh, or you can play it solo if you like as well uh, where you take control of a group of characters that you have loads of uh, input in so you can play around with all their stats and their special abilities and everything like that so it's got a really nice role-playing element to it as well which i think is very cool and then what you'll do is you'll either dive into random scenarios or dive into a larger campaign uh, and you will battle against only uh, foes before then fighting the boss. And there's a really nice kind of like staged approach to how the game works. Mm -hmm. So you come into a a scenario and at the beginning you kind of can go down the route of stealth so you can sneak around like a ninja and you can like stab people in the back and you know cut their throats and all that kind of thing and then as the alarm gets raised the oni start to bring more and more of their forces onto the tabletop and you'll have to fight bigger and bigger foes and then eventually enough chaos will have been caused that the boss will sort of rip its way through a dimensional rift and you'll have to then take that on so it's a really interesting sort of match between sort of how you approach dealing with those only foes before then coming up against something like that and having to defeat it and things. And as I say, this is kind of built into a campaign as well. So as you defeat different enemies, you will unlock new abilities and experience and stuff that you can use to improve your samurai, uh, depending on which route you've gone down with the various schools. And then you will just throw yourself back into new scenarios where you'll defeat additional bosses and all that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, there's a whole host of Oni, as you've been seeing there. So there's lots of different variants of them. So you've got your classic sort of Oni, the big 
tough guys with the muscles and everything like that. And then you have the slightly smaller ones as well. So there's lots of interesting demonic creatures to play around with. Like which is great. Oh, they're just so cool. <laughs> they're adorable. Yeah. That's the uh, next ones I like. Kill. Because <laughs> they, they kind of look like Jerry uh, uh, Demonum. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, although that last one, the spider with the face, is just full on no. Yeah, it is. Hard pass. Weird. Yeah. Hard pass. Uh, I was getting some very cool Sekiro vibes from quite a lot of this stuff, which is mm-hmm. always nice to see. Um, there's loads of additional uh, sort of bosses and creatures and terrain that they've worked on for this. Uh, this was designed as part of one of their kind of like little crowdfunding campaigns mm-hmm. that they do within their own studio. Um, so all of these have been brought to life by the fans and stuff like that. And as I say, it seems like a really fun game to be diving into. If you like the idea of doing something a little bit narrative, a little bit weird, playing games on very small tabletops, normally something like two by two, three by three, uh, and just working together, as I say, in that cooperative sense to defeat your foes. Um, there's all those random scenarios, as I was pointing out, so you can just go through campaigns like that if you want. But included in the rulebook, there's also a full narrative campaign that's been plotted out by them, which is called The Wolf of the Devil. Mm-hmm. So if you want to dive into the game and play that, you can also do that as well. Uh, I know a lot of people have also looked at these and gone, I'm going to use these in X game or whatever. So, you know, these are going to have a lot of use across a variety of different <clears throat> games and systems, depending on where you want to go. Yeah. I, I, mean, I like the fact there's little Portuguese men in there as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was saying just man from the West turns up in feudal Japan and goes, demons. Sweet. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't turn up. The Portuguese had a, a port. They were the only Westerners allowed into Japan when Japan was cut off from uh, the rest of the world so yeah i, d- I do remember a little foothold. seeing a thing about the the portuguese sword fighting style really confused the samurai oh, because well. if you think katana fighting is big sweeping flowing movements what does the portuguese do stab just goes <laughs> no that's how ben fights that's how ben fights that is distraction how fight. yeah smoke bomb right. is the best Pocket <laughs> Leaving the Onis alone, uh, yes. Valor and Fortitude mm. has got a second edition. It does. A, yeah. a game that I thought wouldn't require a second edition. Who would have thought it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Valor and Fortitude, it's a set of rules that has been designed by Jervis Johnson, who a lot of people know from Games Workshop fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been designed alongside Michael and Alan Perry. And the idea is that this was a set of rules, Valor and Fortitude, that um, they just used with the miniatures that they were playing with to play their games out. Um, they they have even specifically said that Valor and Fortitude is great for some of the games that they play, but they also just use black powder and all sorts of different things in between as well. But this one was the one that uh, sort of stuck, and uh, Jervis has sort of now developed this into a second edition that is available to download for free. Um, the game has been designed so that it could cover multiple periods, but the period that they're looking at specifically for the moment mm-hmm. is the Napoleonic one, uh, which would quite would match quite nicely with some of the models we were looking at earlier, perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I wonder if that monastery-looking building is 3D printer or no? Oh, with it being the Perry's, probably not. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so this is available as I say for free although there is a physical edition of the rules that's available as part of the War Games Illustrated magazine for the month of October there you go Jerry's showing it off (laughs) Um, the other thing that's really nice about this is that Jervis has uh, gone in and done uh, an interesting job of trying to bake things down into a much smaller uh, sort of rules pie effectively Mm. so the actual rules themselves are only across like half a dozen pages not even that many 
it's like four, I think, maybe in total, I think, is is actual yeah. rules. Uh, and then we, everything beyond that is sort of additional things you'll need, army lists, scenarios, all that kind of stuff. And, well, uh, we can we can break down here. Yeah. One page, cover. You can there ignore that. <laughs> page two, why they've made the rules. Ignore yes. it. <laughs> page three, the rules. So yeah. one, two, three, four. That's your entire rules right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, pictures there you go <laughs> so the pictures <laughs> pictures explain how the play goes so you can ignore all of that uh and then at the end scenario army lists and then the army lists yeah. uh, which there are only two in here french and uh british but uh there are other lists available to download yeah uh, so th- yeah. sorry so you can get the French and the British from this, but then there's also Austrians, Prussians, Russians, and Spanish included on the Perry Miniatures website. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then designer notes or comments about certain things, which include things like playing at different sizes and, and stuff. Now, I know they've done a little interview on Wargames Illustrated website yes. where Jervis yeah. is going, if you have any questions about playing in other scales, blah, 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 get in contact with me. Mm-hmm. If you want to play in other scales, I'm fairly certain you can work it out for yourselves, people. <laughs> change inches to centimeters or half ranges or you know don't yeah. bother him with that yeah why would you bother him uh and the last page is a quick reference sheet which oh thank you thank you jesus i do um, like a good quick reference sheet i don't know why so many people don't do qrfs yeah. um mm-hmm. because they just make games so much easier mm-hmm. um cheat sheets are life yeah yeah but i will say it's interesting because we've been talking a bit about napoleonics on the xlbs a little while ago Mm. Uh, so much so that Warren was then asking me what sort of rules that he could possibly plump for if he wanted to get into it. And I'd never thought about this. I have the first edition around here somewhere, which is exactly the same. This is just a year's worth of feedback where they've gone in and yeah. tweaked things. Um, <clears throat> for myself, it's it's not a bad rule set uh, for quick play uh, on brigade sort of level um, because you're, you're, you're playing with multiple brigades per side. I will say they're distances are based on the table they play on and like black powder it's my biggest problem with them uh in that they play on a 24 by 6 yeah yeah i've seen that monster because uh, that's what's in the perry's because that's what's in the perry's <laughs> yeah, room so, yeah yeah because so, they converted a dairy farm into a gaming yeah. room so infantry march 12 inches in a turn and can charge double so they can charge two foot uh, I would say go in there and half everything for most people playing at home on a six by four and eight by four, even if you're not playing in a smaller scale, uh, mm. probably keep the weapon ranges the same. So 12 inches for musketry and that sort of thing. Um, but that would make sense. Uh, otherwise you, you will find that cavalry charging 36 inches, you know, maybe <laughs> they're yeah. going to tear across the back end of the, the table in, in double quick succession, but it's a very, it's a very simple system where the concepts are about maneuver which makes sense from Napoleonics and for other periods. Um, yeah. Jervis reckons it would work for everything from ancients up to American Civil War, um, where you've got that sort of block and rank and uh, file uh, units maneuvering around the place. Uh, and the core concepts are those four pages. The Napoleonic specific rules are on the army lists. So to do a new period, you just have to go, well, how does, how does this best reflect pike and shot? Yeah. And then write that into the army list itself. So you're not having to add tons and tons of rule 
bloat to the actual core rules. You're just changing how the armies are deployed and how the armies function. Mm. And that I like. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think so. they've said that they've, I think their natural evolution is towards doing the Franco-Prussian War, mm. but they're also looking at the American Civil War as well. So, hey, You just got interested. <laughs> In fact, I think um, they're going to be at the other partisan yes. um, next yeah. Sunday, the 8th of October. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the plan is to run these there as Franco-Prussian. Don't hold me to that. I, I think they said that they were going to try out Franco-Prussian there. If not, they'll certainly be playing a game using these rules there. So if you happen to be anywhere near mm. uh, Newark uh, and you fancy going to the, the other partisan, uh, which I'd really love to at some stage. Mm. I'm going to stop looking at that now. <laughs> Jerry's just like, do I I'm have just, vacation just, time just left? Flicking it. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, but no, I won't be won't be making it over there next Sunday. Anyway, so yeah, Valor and Fortitude, cracking little system. Yeah, and mm -hmm. uh, an interesting see. And because they play out these games, this is the what they use to play their campaign games with the um, the Perry's website, where they do uh, miniatures. Apparently, they also do their battle reports there. They do. So if you want to see how some of these games have played it's out, you can see it there. It's also very, if you go over to the Perry Miniatures Facebook page, mm. some of the shots they take of their games are great. And also the incredibly talented, clearly amazing Photoshop work that they've done to put the faces of the participants onto some of the generals. Yes. <laughs> so, some very fun ones of Alessio and everyone. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, Valor and Fortitude, mm -hmm. lovely miniatures from the Perrys, but a really, yes. really nice fast play game system as well mm -hmm. uh, from Jervis and the Perrys as well. Mm -hmm. And who knows, maybe we'll see it for the English Civil War before too long as well. Mm -hmm. Speaking of bloody miniatures, I've got some bloody lovely English Civil War. They do, yeah. So um, bloody miniatures do a fantastic range of English Civil War uh, troops. Uh, for you to use either as the royalists or the parliamentarians, depending on which side you want to butter your bread. Mm -hmm. um, but they are also moving towards releasing a whole host of new miniatures uh, very, very soon in the form of some cavalry. So there's going to be uh, a collection of different sets for you to pick up. I think there's 12 models in all, I think, mm -hmm. as they're split into four sets of three. Uh, so you've got um, plenty of troops that will cover both sides of the complex, so your royalists and your parliamentarians, and also perhaps some of those fellows fighting in between as well, which we'll mm. look at a bit. So, yeah, you've got the flashing blades there, some dashing, dashing gentlemen with their swords at the ready and their flouncy hats. Don't go shooting them. Don't want to get blood on those uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking very cool indeed, uh, alongside a whole host of other bits and pieces for the parliamentarians as we go through these. But interesting thing to note for these. Um, so a lot of research has gone into the, the the set. As we were talking about on XLBS, actually, last week, uh, where we talked about what Bloody Miniatures have been doing with their mm -hmm. campaigns and everything like that. They really dive into things and try and bring together fun and interesting characters and talk about the different ways that uniforms would look and weapons and all that kind of thing. So one of the nice things about this little set of miniatures that you see here is that for each of the horses, the holster for the pistol has been mm -hmm. left empty. Mm -hmm. So what they're going to do is that when you get the when you get the set, you're going to get uh, a pistol. So if your model is armed with one in their hands, then obviously you won't put it into the the <laughs> the side of the horse. Is there yeah. the side of the horse there? But if you if you if you don't, then obviously you pop it in there. And also, apparently, with the pistol, 
Sometimes it was faced forward, sometimes it was faced backwards. Nobody knows. And so you can play around with that as well, if you like. Lots of little tiny intricacies for the English Civil War that nobody probably cares about, but there you go. I'm <laughs> seeing them, and I think they've all got a peg leg. <laughs> it does look a little <laughs> bit like that when you look at the greens. That is sure. That's for sure. One of the sets that I really like is these. So these are your moss troopers. Yeah. So I had to do, I was like, these sound like these are something. So I did a little bit of a, a looky look online. Mm -hmm. And the moss troopers, as far as I'm aware anyway, think border reavers, but English Civil War. So these were people that were like, God, I don't like that uh, Cromwell coming up here and doing things in, in Scotland and stuff. And so they would be riding down and, you know, kicking the ass of the parliamentarians and stuff across the borders and things. And I think that's a very cool way to sort of dive into playing your games that could produce some fun narratives, I reckon. But there we go. Well, they're just sitting there going, he's not even from round here. Exactly. Yes. But in a Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you've also got this nice little set of uh, your round heads there as well. Looking very nice. The troopers rocking around. Proper old style pistoliers. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Love those helmets. Amazing. I mean, seeing some of the old style pistols, you know, there was no grip to the gun. It was basically a stick pointed forward. A boomstick, yes. <laughs> yeah. Point your boomstick at the enemy and make sure you've got another one or your sword it to the Hope it doesn't blow up in your face. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. That is probably my favourite of the packs. Yeah, it's very cool. The guy... Demi-plate does it for me. And mm. shouldering the cavalry hammers as well. Mm. I mean, yeah. for you guys, sure, I've never been a real fan of the, the old-school style sculpting. I prefer the, the newer, cleaner stuff, but nice miniatures. I think so. Everyone else, sword and gun, this guy, hammer. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly he has had a bad day. Well, you and know, he is about to give it out to everyone else. Yeah. As you're running towards the enemy, they've only got one chance to fire. And then if you're on horseback, you're amongst them. So, you know, you want to have your hammer at the ready to smash them on the head, don't you? Exactly. So, yeah. and the, nice thing about, the nice thing about a hammer is you don't need to actually get through the armor to cause serious damage. Just turn them into jelly. Unlike, unlike yeah. the swords. Yeah, yeah, that and so. the chances of it actually getting lodged in something and then you having to let it go. Lesser. Yep, very true. Well, Unless you use the crow's beak. If, if you're going in with the spike on the back, then uh, oh, yeah. you you may find that getting lodged here, there, and everywhere. But yeah, yeah. they are. Well, pick, you, pick your target on that one. The guy with yeah. the biggest hat gets it. So the, the set's going to break down to the flashing blades, the lobsters ride, the moth troopers, which we talked about a little bit more detail, and the troopers there are all going to be available in the not-too-distant future. So, yeah. I've not taken the time to go through yes and i probably should have so that's on me uh but considering how individualized all of the foot are so far from uh, bloody miniatures i wonder if any of them appear in the mounted set there that would be interesting actually i must go yeah. back and have a nosy to see if these are mounted versions of existing foot trips or if they're they're just totally exciting yeah, yeah. Um, because obviously with the way it's set up the whole idea is bloody miniatures is for sort of skirmish gaming in that period and mm -hmm. you can't use them for uh, large-scale conflicts as well but it's it's always very much been about the the small characterful bands yes. roaming yeah. uh, so i'd be surprised if be surprised if they don't appear on foot at some point if they're not already in the mix it sounds uh, like something that they do <laughs> time will tell i should yeah. keep an eye on that yeah. right there has been a little bit of news from gam's workshop yes <laughs> So after a couple of weeks of basically nothing, uh, the pre-orders are going to be up this weekend for those people diving into playing 140,000 as 
The Space Marines, because of course it's the Space Marines. So we had the Tyranids a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Tyranid, uh, the Space Marines are the ones that are going to be available for you to get your hands on from this Saturday. Uh, that means a new Codex for 10th edition. So for all those people who bought those index cards, sorry, but there we go. <laughs> uh, so, and I've bought some myself, so I'm just waiting. What, what's I'm waiting. that? Um, yeah. The, I know when the Codex was released for the Tyranids, they took the index download off the website. They did. I imagine yes. the same has happened for Space Brain. So if, if yes. you've got anything and you plan on using just the downloadable index, go and download them all now, folks. Yes. Yeah. And make a backup. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yes, uh, Codex Space Marines going to be available for you to pick up. Uh, contains all of the stuff that you'd imagine a Codex would come with, including additional stratagems and detachment rules for you to be playing as your various chapters. There's also the limited edition one that you can see there with the librarian on the front. Uh, the, isn't that Tigarius? Uh, I'm not. I had a look online to see if that actually was Tigarius, and I'm not sure if it is or if it's just a just a regular uh, librarian. I couldn't quite work it out, but it it might be. I was on the fence about it. Which comments below, comments. you might win some yeah. Team Yankee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, the Codex... People who know with... that won't want Team Yankee. Well, that's true. The, the Codex, <laughs> the, the Codex <laughs> is new detachments that it comes with. Um, uh, aren't necessarily chapter-specific anymore. Mm-hmm. So you'll get one that is flavoured... I think we talked about this before, but you'll get one that is flavoured towards the Imperial Fists, but it's not specifically for them. So you could have a Siege Breaker-style detachment... Uh, or whatever, or Siege Maker one, I guess, uh, mm. for the Imperial Fist. But you could then use it with any chapter you want. So it's kind of opening up the gamut for people to dive in and play around with all sorts of different chapters and ones they've created themselves and all that kind of thing. So Not you could have... as restrictive. Yeah, yeah, you could have sneaky salamanders using the Raven Guard style stuff as well and all that kind of Although thing. Although I have talked to people recently, these data sheet cards are beginning to feel mildly irrelevant. You know, fine. Whenever these first came out, I was super happy to see it because you just have all your information on a card. Mm. Problem is, the way Games Workshop do the rules, erratas, updates, Mm -hmm. these become very quickly out of date. So these are kind of a nothing burger to me. They are. They are a. They are something of a beware before you buy kind of thing. (laughs) What's been quite interesting about the stuff that they've done. Uh, especially for the, some of the index cards, especially if you're not a faction that's like a massively popular one, is that your index cards are all basically still the same. It's just they've changed the points and they don't put the points on the cards, which <laughs> so they can change yeah, them. It's at just will. the stat blocks. So, yeah. it, it depends on what your gaming grip play. Yeah. If you're not playing tournament level, where you're just you're, play with you're having to be competitive yeah. with people that you don't know who are mm. coming from another country. Fair. Within your gaming grip, you can just go one and done. Yeah, and buy these. Yeah. We're not changing lads, and everybody else goes, yeah, yeah grant. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. How many, again, people, it just, how many people download the erratas and stuff? Yeah, I don't. Again, it, it just <laughs> it makes these feel like a a product that just should not be until it's been out for a while and they've had a chance to actually get all the erratas done and get it right. Oh, yeah, it's a just, just stage, to save on annoyance. But by that yeah. stage, it's time for a new edition. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so in, as well as the codex and all the additional accessories we saw there, we're also going to be getting miniatures coming out. So these ones are miniatures that we saw previewed uh, during the Nova uh, Warhammer preview. But uh, you got the PBS captain with program. It's great. With, <laughs> you got the captain with the jump pack there that comes with a variety of different weapon options for you to play with. So you got different uh, sidearms. So you got flamers, plasma pistols, everything you could imagine. Alongside a uh, power fist, chainsword, or a power weapon. Thought that said Mick Jagger there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Jerry! Clearly, you want the fisting. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I imagine because if that says Mick Jagger, then we know who's in there. That's Keith Richards. <laughs> Keith Richards still not dead. I just he's named all of his weapons after other band members. Uh, fact checked, <laughs> confirmed. Yep. Uh, there is also the chaplain in Terminator armor. So we've seen a variety of different chaplains coming out with the Space Marines over the last little while. Uh, now we're getting one in that sort of new upscale Terminator armor that we've seen from the uh, the, the squad. I really hate Looking... the, the soft skull face masks that we've been seeing. Yeah, I think I, I, the the helmeted version I think is better than the the unhelmeted one. But I do agree. I think it needs to be a bit more grim, as it mm. were. But um, Still a pretty nice sculpt. I, I am a collector of chaplains in many guises, so I'll no doubt be picking this up and doing some tinkering and stuff with this. There's also a uh, Primaris Lieutenant kit coming out. He said so, the thing. Yeah, <laughs> son of Marius Kalgar, by the look of it. Yeah. So over the over the years, we've had Primaris Lieutenants coming out e- endlessly, but you've been very much at the mercy of whatever the kit came with because it was kind of like a one-and-done one. So it had a, pa- a power weapon and a plasma pistol or whatever, and that's what you had to give the model unless you did well, some chopping. because then you have to buy a new kit. Well, exactly, yes. But this is one that allows you to make a whole variety of different lieutenants if you want. So you can go with whatever weapon option you think uh, would suit your Primaris Lieutenant based on their dead sheet. So you can go with power weapons and power fists and yeah. all sorts of different things as well. I like the addition of the bionics too. We've not really seen a lot of Primaris models with bionics. We'll see a few more in a, in a bit, but it's good to see that dropping in. And, stuff. Yeah. and you have, have the option for extras. Mm. Yeah. And you have the option of which sweaty loincloth you want to go with. Exactly, yes. <laughs> it's for mopping the blood off your armour. Um, so yes, uh, in addition to the characters, we've also got a whole host of new sort of uh, units as well. So you've got the company heroes, which are effectively like characters in themselves, really. So this is again a kind of upscaled version, a Primaris version of what we've had previously for the Space Marines. Man, especially if you're going for something yeah. that's a little bit more yeah. codex specific um for them. Uh, so you've got the banner bearer there, chapter banner at the ready. You've got yeah. your sort of marksman and all sorts of stuff like there as well. There's a duelist in there. And then you've got the uh captain at the bottom as well, which is another multi-part captain kit for you to be tinkering around with. So you've got your HQ choice alongside some of the uh, supporting officers, as it were. Yeah. Is Jerry, Jerry, Jerry has called it. Uh, I don't know. No, I that looks re- painted. I, I think it's painted on, so I think you can do yeah. whatever you like with that, so it's not just ultramarine specific. Mm. Uh, but you have called it, Jerry. This is a retooled version of the old command squad. Mm. Very much so, yeah, yeah. It's just an up upscaled version of, of it to make it look a little bit in line with the Only design is, of the Primaris and stuff. They've so. thrown a support weapon instead of a medic yeah yeah no apothecary in there because you can buy yeah. endless amounts of apothecaries <laughs> yeah so uh there's also the terminator squad's going to be finally released separately as well so if you yeah. wanted to get your hands on the new terminators well, i like the new homing beacon so. yeah the homing beacon's cool big chunky piece uh great for popping that down on the tabletop so everyone can see it um they come this is your kind of standard terminator squad so this is the one with the range weapons and stuff in it uh you'll get cyclone missile launchers and everything in the set as well uh, you've got the heavy flamers, storm bolters, chain fists, everything you could need for t- cracking open tanks and killing basically everything that stands in front of you. They haven't said anything about the assault terminators yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Thunderhammer, storm shield, me want Yes, that's the way to go. It's also very interesting because they they did a little bit of a, a chat with um, the guy behind the design of the Space Marines, and he was talking about um, how this kit could be adapted in the future. And it was mentioned in a uh, this is a, a, a word that everyone flees in pain from. It was in a Valrak video. He was talking about how <laughs> you could play around with this to kind of make it modular to all the different chapters. So if you wanted to make 
your Deathwing and stuff. These would be easily be sort of modular, made modular, so you could put on all sorts of different dark tabards and bits and yeah, yeah. yeah. And all, all the third party folks that do like the embossed <laughs> shoulder plates are probably exactly. frantically waiting to get the sizes on these. Yeah, to make as I'm product. somebody, as I'm somebody who stepped into the realm of the Space Wolves recently, I am quite interested in the idea of upscaled uh, Wolfguard and stuff like that. In their mm-hmm. Terminator armor. Wolfguard so, everywhere. Yeah. Wolfguard Terminator leading some scouts. Filth, filth, filth. There's also the jump pack intercessors because I can't call them assault intercessors because they already exist. Uh, these are going to be dropping in from the skies to do some damage in close combat. Again, it's just basically an update to what we pre- had previously in terms of jump pack space marines. They're going to be dropping in now as well. So a nice little kit in that uh, style. No scouts just yet, but uh, you are going to be able to get your hands on the Stern Guard. Uh, once again, basically just an upgrade to what we've had previously for the Stern Guard. Seeing a return of the class of the uh, Mark Six helmet, is it? Mm-hmm. The, the standard Mark Six at the top left there yep. as well. So that's back in action uh, alongside the Primaris uh, styled helmet, as you can see there as well. So if you want to run around with some more of your company veterans, you've got the option to do that there. Paint them up in whichever style you like and have some fun with that. Um, Belisarius Cole is probably having conniptions going, no, you don't mix the bits. <laughs> I made you to come out in one piece. <laughs> and then finally, well, kind of finally, uh, for the for guys on foot anyway, yeah. we have the Nerf Gun Marines. Uh, so if you're diving in uh, and want to lay down withering amounts of firepower on the tabletop with some really goofy looking weapons, then you can get your hands on the Desolation Squad as well. It's been a long time since this uh, was originally out as part of a box set, but it's finally going to be coming out for people who want to play around with these and uh, and use them in their games. These could I'm be the best. Miss- th- these could be the best thing on the tabletop. I will never own a set of these. No, they look dumb. <laughs> they are derp marines. Yeah, I still like the classic Devastator Squad. That's. There was something cool about the Devastator Squad, and then the one sergeant who was like, I don't need to have a weapon. I'll just That's, direct Yeah, everybody. I want a full squad of that, Jerry. S- yes. Squad of that. And mm-hmm. then there's your sergeant right there's there. There's your sergeant. No. Pointing, oh, yeah. shoot them, and I'm going to yes. sit here with a bolter. Yes. I'm not I will be a blade of wounds him. for the rest yep. of you. <laughs> I am Mr. Wound. That, yeah. is, that is how the game is played. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, These are hot garbage. Yeah, I, I'm still not a fan. Uh, and then when it comes to uh, stuff that was in previous box sets, the Brutalis Dreadnought, I do like the design, uh, is going to be coming out as well. So if you want to get stuck into close combat, you've got a new Dreadnought to be playing around with on general release. Painted the wrong colour, it should be Blood Angels. I was going to say, it's Furioso, off through and through, really, isn't it? Black. So, yeah. <laughs> Big red crosses. Yeah. Oh, off yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. Death That's going to look so good whenever good painters get their hands on it. Very much so, yeah. And very posable as well, from what I've heard. Uh, that and the um, Ballista Swamp and uh, the Redemptor. So if you want to mm. dive in and have some fun with that, definitely do so. Uh, and last but not least, the Combat Patrol for the Space Marines. Uh, so Task Force Gladius, or Gladius Task Force, whichever way around those words go, is going to be available separately as a Combat Patrol for you to dive into. It's a very bijou <laughs> Combat <laughs> Patrol. Uh, it's a whole chunk of Terminators alongside the Inferno Space Marines. Then you've got the Librarian in Terminator armor and the Captain in Terminator armor. These are obviously the models that were part of the uh, Leviathan box set. Yeah. And stuff. I mean, I could do without the Librarian. Drop him and give me a unit of scouts. Well... Points my will probably hope. be about the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My hope is that uh, in the future we see Games Workshop do more combat patrol boxes that have different things in them for different factions. So you'll have essentially got two HQs there. Well, yeah. 
Um, so you'll have like a technically there's nothing in the rules that stops you from making an entire HQ force nowadays I've realised alright you, you know you're you're encouraged to have battle line units to hold objectives but you could just have an entire army of HQs me and my friends worked out that you could have uh, about 1500 points worth of necrons if you wanted to <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that I think easier, easier uh, so the space marines land on a necron conference and it's just like yes. well crap the tomb world's down we have no wifi <laughs> Guys, we have no Wi-Fi. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, a whole bunch of those kits from the Leviathan have been shifted over into the Combat Patrol, which you'd be able to buy separately. So similar to what we have with the Tyranid one as well there. And as with all the Combat Patrols, they are effectively playable right out of the boxes. And nothing has changed for the Combat Patrol rules. So even if the Codex Space Marine is coming out, the Combat Patrol rules are all the same because they're slightly different and separate. So just play Combat Patrol. It's nice and fun. I did it over the weekend. It was great. There we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and on that bombshell, so, yeah. Yeah. that's enough news. <laughs> yeah. I think we're going to take a quick swish. And when we come back, we'll round out the show. Okay, we're back. We're going to take a look at some 3D printing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go punga punga. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a party, but not in that way. Uh, so yes, this is Punga Miniatures. Um, a lot of people will have been diving into uh, a fair bit of fantasy football stuff, I would imagine, mm. over the last couple of years. And lots of things like Blood Bowl and, and other games of that ilk. And Punga Miniatures basically do all the quirky, weird teams you could ever really want to drop into something fantasy football-like. Um doesn't matter what team you're playing, there's probably something that will work for it in some quirky and weird style. And even then, you could take some of the uh, teams that aren't quite matching up to something in their, their, in the sort of Blood Bowl sort of system, I guess, mm-hmm. and just basically tag them on and make them into something fun, I guess, really. Which I think is Why is nice. it nautical conquistadors? Why not? Uh, I think would be the answer. <laughs> the, I've, I've missed the Conquistador. Where are they? Yeah. Uh, on the, the main team page you showed there, there's ones with the Conquistador helmets. Well, my guess would be, why not? Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just I, having full Y-brain right I, now. I, I will say, there's a reason the Conquistadors were in South America and and it's not that they flew over. No. <laughs> no, but whenever you mix it with like some guys wearing an old school like diving helmet, yeah. you know, your, your eras are getting a little bit mixed up there. There he is. They're orcs. They don't exist in an era. <laughs> Do but the items them. exist. Not, they're not the real. items exist. None yeah, of these but the, are item, real. the item is real. The yeah. item they're wearing is real. Sure. If that's the argument you're taking. Uh, but anyway, no, so not. in the because it's in on the, the head set. of a fantasy thing. <laughs> in the collection, you do get a whole host of the kind of core stuff that you need for in your, using in your game. So you get all of your line players and everything like that. So you're going to have your cl- your classic players that you'll need for that. But then they've thrown in all the star players and additional positional players that you'll be using. So a lot of the teams in Blood Bowl nowadays have like designated throwers, catchers, blitzers, all that kind of thing. Things you'll be very familiar with if you're diving into playing games of Blood Bowl. But then obviously they've kind of like taken these to the next level and played around with them and done some interest done some interesting things with the way that they look on the tabletop. I mean I absolutely love the fact that they've kept this kind of sort of semi-nautical theme with what you got here for the halflings. And instead of the tree men just being 
um like just a regular trees they are like parts of boats i think that's great uh, part, of the like, part of the crew yeah <laughs> such a cool way of doing things and they'd be like right we're just going to animate this uh this boat and use it on the tabletop yeah, that's really cool using the anchors and stuff as well mm. and of course so halflings sure easily confused with the actual ball very true yeah both eminently throwable which uh, tends to be the way um but yeah, so Punga have got a whole host of different bits and pieces in here that have got a really nice kind of comic feel to it. One of the things that's always good about Blood Bowl is that it doesn't take itself particularly seriously, and it just means that sculptors can have a lot of fun with that idea, I think. Um, so instead of feeling that you have to be like super serial about everything, you can dive in and just sort of put lots of in-jokes and all sorts of different things into there as well. There are a fair amount of teams to go through as well for this one. Obviously, we're not going to go through all of them. <laughs> um, but there's lots of different pieces in here for people that want to um, play around as the different factions, different races, uh, and sort of potentially give things their own spin. Obviously, you're not going to be able to use a lot of this, well, none of this stuff, if you're going to Warhammer World to play anything. But if you're just playing with your friends or playing down the store and everything like that, these would be really good for kind of like showing off, especially if you like really like a particular team. So for me, I do quite like my dwarves. Who would have thought it? Mm. Uh, having a very unique dwarven force would be a really good way to go. I remember back in the day picking up the uh, the black scorpion ones where you could see all of their todgers. That's mm. great. <laughs> Good times uh, out by all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, loads and loads of different ones in here for you to play around. With. I love that they've done all of the um, special weapons for the goblins and stuff as well. So you got things like pump wagons and death rollers for the dwarves and uh, that, that's, the... that's goblin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, it, that is like pure goblin as well. I mean, it's they've like... stole they've stolen your home heating system. Yes, they've stolen your heating system, strapped it to the remnants of a cart, and decided that that is uh, usable on the pitch. <laughs> Dwarf runner, there's an oxymoron for you. Yeah, they're natural sprinters, though. Remember, so. <laughs> um, but then loads of other bits and pieces in there as well. So I like that they've done the little marker kits and things. It's something that you see a lot done with the plastic kits that Games Workshop do for their different teams. Now they come with balls and markers and well, coins that you can flip them and that kind of thing mm. but they've obviously uh, gone to that sort of degree with the stuff that Punga are doing here as well and sort of throwing them into the mix see, I love this Carnival of Chaos one it's so good see I would love to do themed boards for these where there's hazards mm. on the pitch themed to whatever team you're playing that would be cool yeah. so you have your half and their half mm -hmm. your half has your hazards their half has their hazard that, that they're cool, immune yeah. to and you're, you're immune to and yeah. then at halftime, you have to switch, so you're starting in a hazard zone. That would be That neat. could be fun. Yeah. I know a lot of people who play around with fantasy football stuff. They make their own dugouts for their teams, especially if they manage to last for, yeah. <laughs> for a, yeah, but, at least half a season. So. Yeah, but new boards with like interactions on it, depending on your team, that I think cool. could be a very, very fun like subset addition rule set. No, that would be neat. Yeah, that would be fun to see. And yeah. just because dwarves like to cheat, magic. <laughs> Although I'd like to think that it's contained. I'd like to think that he's got a runestone in his hand. He's not just casting willy-nilly spells. Because I mean, God, oh, oh, he does. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, I was. I was almost having conniptions oh, from the rock and stone. Yeah. I love their take on the death roller. Yeah, rather than it being like a lawnmower, yeah, turning it into like a big, just effectively a rolling ball of doom. Yeah. <laughs> you missed the snorting lineman being violently sick. Oh, I didn't miss him. Say no. Oh, okay, that's okay. 
He was brilliant. And just a random dwarf ironclad. Because of yeah. course. Why not? One man one man crew yeah. frantically that's, shoveling shoveling coal behind him while trying their, to fire the cannon. That's their tour bus. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're not, that, the unless that's thing? like a clown car, that's not fitting many dwarves. Oh, I love that. So cool. Oh my god, he's turned his trident into like a punch dagger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Someone's gonna get shivved. Not just for popping balls. Yeah, is it? You broke my trident, don't worry, still good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, really cool you, stuff. It's nice you can pick them up in individuals as well. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that way allows you to have Sean Connery. It does. <laughs> <laughs> my it's name G- is Juan Sanchez Ramirez. Yeah. He's uh, Egyptian, you know. <laughs> as you can tell by his broad Glaswegian accent. Egyptian via uh, Glasgow, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he just came out of Spain, so clearly there's got to be some accent mingling going on there that's making oh, it Scots. Yeah. The first oh my God, they're called pirates. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the the first stuff that they did, and I think Leshen? it still looks amazing. I like it's got horns. It's got horns. Leshen vibe. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, the the pirates were great. I remember seeing those going up on. I think it was their Kickstarter they did them with originally, um, and they're oh, just the, really the, good. Fun. The rat apothecary's kind of cool. Yes. Have you have you also noticed that the cheerleader has multiple, multiple breasts? Yes, yes. 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 multiple yes. bikini top. <laughs> uh, because you know rats, rat mothers. anatomically yeah. almost accurate. I had a Skaven in my team who had very long legs, mm. tentacles, and something else, which meant that he could basically run the the board. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha runners with very long legs, yes, and multiple sprints could score from the kickoff, yes, and frequently and I did, did. That twice. <laughs> Rat on a stick, doing chef's kiss. Yeah, I look. I killed some of our See? team. See, he enjoys the rat on a stick. Maybe a little too much. Exactly. Yeah. That's the sugared rat on a stick. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> the um, goblin yeah, boy. Yeah. Lots of really fun uh, miniatures for you to download and print off if you're interested in playing a little bit of fantasy football, mm. namely a little bit of Blood Bowl. Delightful. If you want to have an alternative team, go for it. Have some fun. Spanking yeah. stuff from. Punga miniatures Punga. on my mini factory, apparently. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Right. Before we go, we have a couple of Kickstarters to take a look mm. at. Uh, and first things first, Anarchy Models. So mm-hmm. Brian uh, was over with a new set of high-speed stencils. Uh, we had a, a quick look at him last week for the indie. Uh, but the Kickstarter is now live. It's live. <laughs> Um, allowing you to pick up a whole host of stencilings uh, for everything from creatures through to vehicles, be them fantastic or uh, modern day. Uh, it's really up to you. This one is obviously, that's that's the one that people are after right there. How do I do cat guts coconut crab without going blind? The answer is via the medium of stencils and an airbrush. That's That's how you do it. Uh, but you don't have to do them in the standard catgut style. Uh, as you can see here, there's a whole host of uh, eyeball-hurting colours. I mean, look at that. If that doesn't scream, I'm an alien, get me out of here, nothing will. <laughs> uh, there is one thing I would love to see Brian try with these at some point, and that's doing the high-speed stencils with a bit of contrast through them, or like a speed paint of some sort. 
Mm, right. Just Indeed. to see how it would affect it, because you would have that possibly hard edge with the shading going through it, maybe? Yeah, no. I don't know if it would function, but I would love no, to see it, a test it, on it. Well, it would look almost exactly the same as these because all they are are high pigment inks. Mm. So when you put it through an airbrush, it just works okay. the same way as the inks that he used ah, for right. all these anyway. So Ah, fair. All, fair. all you're well, doing is paying more for your ink. <laughs> don't do that. Just buy regular ink, folks. Uh, well, it's cheap. I love some, the crack Something for one. folks to try at home. Mm. Yeah, the oh. tentacle one is cool. Yeah. It's, that's one I want to see across the bottom of cultist robes. Mm-hmm. Lots of mm-hmm. yellow robes, nice black tentacles. Go in the Hotep go. Do all that you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not sure how many he's actually put into this. I know when we started to break it down, there was a substantial amount split across the hex, the camo, the creature features, uh, and then um, the unusual things like the, the fallen diamonds or the... Uh, Necronic style circuitry as well. It's very similar. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, he's done some uh, explanation videos as well. In fact, he's done four of them. So you'll see these coming mm-hmm. out over the next couple of weeks as well, showing how to use these in the various ways, shapes, and forms. Yeah, that first one's quite interesting because it actually right. shows you how to uh, do the actual stenciling if you don't have an airbrush with stippling, which is quite mm-hmm. interesting. So, I know that's the thing that a lot of people bought out of Hatsu because they're like, oh, I don't have an airbrush. Can I yeah. still use these? Yes, you can. <laughs> it gives a similar, different effect when you stipple. Um, and there's some extra sort of steps that you need to, to take to right. get the the, uh, the non-airbrush stencil mm-hmm. to uh, perform. So you'll mm-hmm. never get it exactly the same. But, you know, it gives you a good facsimile. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the list of what is coming. So as you can mm. see, things like there's the binary code rein. Oh, for the binary you, code one's so nice. For all nice. Yeah. All I wonder nice. what the, the Blenny fans. one is. What is Blenny? Uh, it's a type of fish. Oh, okay. So it's a, a animal patternation. Ah, uh, gotcha. Because these are, as we've seen last week, these can also be used on things like lures as well. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, it's a really handy setup if if you want to do creatures and vehicles quickly and you don't want to faff around sticking stuff on, burring it and then peeling it all off very gently uh, then the the little high speed stencils are great and you just slap them down and scrub them off when you're done so they're very hard wearing because I know there's a, a limited amount of reuse in a high detail stencil because the, the stick the stick will eventually unstick um, with these the reuses are infinite um, as long as you don't do things like I did, which is cut them into chunks so that I could get them on the inside of a dragon's wing. You know, <laughs> I really want to do the inside of a dragon's wing. And we live and learn, Jerry. Stets, well, you know, I knew what was going to happen when I started cutting it. And I cut it anyway. <laughs> There's no going back now. Nope. Did the inside of a dragon's wing, though, so you can't stop me. <laughs> but yeah, uh, just a, a neat set of stencils to extend the range um, beyond uh, what he's, he's previously done. And uh, you can see the effects are absolutely spanking, especially if you're going to do big, big horde armies or big vehicle sort of sets or what have you. There's our matrix falling rain. It's the it's the creature feature stuff that really creature feature stuff me is away. just spanking gorgeous. I because think that's it, yeah, that sort of thing there. That's what you're after. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to do your giraffes and the like, or maybe you know not giraffes. Maybe it's some sort of mutant terraformed giraffe like mm-hmm. hybrid human thing on a planet uh, and i don't want to have to paint 
a giraffe pattern on somebody's skin. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd quite I mean, happily hold that over the back of it and then spray yeah. brown ink through the airbrush. Yeah. I mean, Shay, if you want it, there's some like old flame ones. You could do like some hot rod tyranids. Hot rod that's, that sounds like too much effort. <laughs> <laughs> but so these make it less effort. <laughs> Still way more effort than I'm putting in. <laughs> <laughs> you not just want to do a whole coconut crowd at bar, Shay. Yeah, that. That, that, that's, that's on your radar, yeah. yeah. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the way to do it. It's the way to go. Yeah. There's some of the, the camo ways. Mm-hmm. In fact, the wobble camo was a very interesting one when he was doing that, showing how you can use these to get a similar style camo effect without having to worry about sticking around individual oh. panels and stuff. You just have to sit down and work out where you're going to, essentially where you're going to hold the, the stencils. It's like, right. well, here's something that's going to get in my way. So that will be the edge of the patternation. Um, and unlike some of the previous stencils, which are, um, I want to say A5 sort of squares. I don't think they are A5, but you know, sort of little square thing. Um, these ones contain sort of positive and negatives in like, uh, half moon uh, is the the best way I can describe it uh, to allow you to get in and do some of the more intricate patterns on smaller models like creatures like infantry sort of size things or uh, there's your bloody there the fish one Um, so so you're not having to deal with a whole square of a stencil you've just got the edge that you want to define Mm. Um, and that is a a fascinating way of doing it so yeah. yeah See, I'm quite surprised Brian hasn't tried actually making like stencil sticks, so something that's about an inch wide with a pattern in it to actually get into those smaller areas. He has. That's what I've just described. All right. Sorry, I thought you were saying that that was on the big one. Sorry, I misunderstood. No. no. Unlike the the big ones, there are little smaller edge okay. type things to okay. allow you to get into these corners on on smaller models. Yeah. I'd okay. be really interested to see what it would be like playing around with some of the patterns on. Uh, drop fleet stuff, you know, Ooh. doing it on some of the the, the the ships that they do. Yes, that'd be yeah. really fun. I mean, some of the the scourge and stuff would really go well with the creature mm. feature stuff. Yeah, that'd be fun. And even awesome. your camo on the oh, it's the UCM, isn't it? UCM, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, memory serving memory. Go no, no, I think, I think camo on the UCM stuff would be really fun. And even in Drop Zone Commander as well, actually. Yeah, it's actually something I tried to do and failed was actually doing like a two-tone prime as right. the camo and then throwing a contrast over the top. Complete fail. <laughs> as as we we live and we learn. Always. <laughs> this always, this always is more done. effective. Yeah. yeah, so you can pick up a whole host uh, of stencils in a variety of ways from singles to uh, multiple packs. Uh, and some of the stencil packs I'm assuming he has sorted them out now um, because when we were filming, he was still trying to work out exactly what way some of them were going to break down because they were like a, a large, a small, a medium, a tiny right. um, to allow you to do those sort of the creature patternations and the like um, in a, a variety of ways and, and styles. Uh, but yeah, it's already funded and there's 23 days left. I mean, you could, you could sit and build all your terrain for Train Rama Fest. 2095 or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and then just plan what stencils you're going to buy for your train at the end. Just yeah. build, prep, and then uh, and then wait for the, the stencils to roll in to finish them mm. off for next year. Oh, well, no, because if they don't finish it now, Spring Queen Challenge is around the corner so they can pick it up from there. Uh, hey, challenge one, challenge two. Fancy. Now we're thinking with portals. Okay. So having a lot of fun getting ready for Halloween. 
<laughs> and we've another Kickstarter to take a look we at. We do, yeah. And it's very much in the season of the ghoulies and danglies. <laughs> no, is that the way you call them around your way? <laughs> no. Oh, ah, no. the danglies are coming. It's not quite. <laughs> I mean, I'm seeing a terrified hamster. Yeah. Well, you well. would be, because that's a dangly's got them. Uh, so yeah, so this is from Annie Norman of Bad Scooter Games, who has been working with the eminent Paul Muller, who is a fantastic mm. sculptor, to do a whole host of, as Jerry was saying there, ghoulies and danglies to use in your games on the tabletop. Should you be playing something like uh, Silver Bayonet? These would be perfect for it. Mm. What a good match. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'd nearly use these as some monsters for the doomed. Yeah, you could do that as well. Easily throw them into there. Depending on how you paint these, these could be irradiated weird things from a post-apocalyptic world, or they could be doing fantastical and slightly vampiric, which I think is quite nice. These are just the the emaciated masses who just didn't get into the factions. That too. Protein's hard to find, so sometimes you have to make do with whatever you can dig up in the local graveyard. What I I did really like about this one is that I think this is the first time that uh, Annie has put a content warning on her mm. <laughs> on her models that these things are eating flesh. <laughs> so beware of them. Uh, but I think these look absolutely fantastic. Um, it's been really neat, neat looking at some of the previews and things that have been coming out for this. Uh, but I think that Paul has very much outdone himself when it comes to the, the different designs and stuff. Because I think there's a danger maybe of having ghouls and then them looking just like zombies, I guess. Yes. But I think... Mm running around with the slightly more sort of weird gangly thing and actually really diving into that side of stuff is really fun for you ghouls. And these very much remind me of the ones that we used to get for Warhammer back in the day. You know, the ones that look like just really annoying old thin men with like farm equipment. I thought Mm -hmm. they were great. (laughs) And these very much kind of match up with that, which I think is very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that they include ghouls of all shapes, sizes and flavors Mm -hmm. handy so you don't just have everyone's bloke there's little yes. kids yeah eat you know eat, eat your uh eat your green flesh or you won't get any <laughs> yeah. pudding uh dire rats um i mean just a whole creepy ghoul family yeah people who've gone off the deep end mm-hmm. and the ghoul matrix is particularly particularly creepy looking mm-hmm. it's it's like that um goblin king from that uh terrible set of films yeah yeah, yeah. Kind of those things that have nothing to do with the hobbit but actually screaming yeah. beater and biter yeah, I love that it's stepping on another one. <laughs> yeah. But that—that's probably what she she calls her children, beater and biter. Probably, yeah. The nice thing about these is they're sculpted by Paul, and he also sculpted a range of ghouls for Heresy. Mm. That includes course, a fat goblin yeah. king to go with the fat goblin ghoul matriarch, all connected, and, and also has a variety <laughs> of children being eaten. And munched on as well yeah, yeah. so these i imagine will fit very nicely alongside those so you could end up with a massive ghoul warband where you're not having any duplicates in it at all uh, and i'm particularly fond of that i love kickstarters like that where it's a nice small compact range of miniatures that you're not looking at it going holy crap i'm going to get a wall of miniatures to work through when this lands mm. this is very doable as a project if you buy it all in on it and as we were saying like multi-use so you're not yeah. far, you, you you could use a handful of the ghouls for one game, a handful of the ghouls for another one, depending on mm-hmm. what you want to do. But on square basis to get the most use out of them. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. rank them up. Spooky yeah. scenery. I used to run 72 ghouls in a regiment in, um, <laughs> in my undead army for Warhammer. That used to annoy people. Yeah. Like a Death Star before Death Star. Ma- oh, my God. Massive tar pit. Yeah. 
nothing type it about that. That hit units and units just went away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, loads of great stuff being uh, sort of unlocked as well for this one yeah, as well. Oh, it's, it's not a, a massively long, it's not a massively long campaign either. No, I think mm. it's about sort of nine dum, days dum, by dum, the time dum, you're watching yeah. this. So, well, I like the swamp ghouls; they're very cool. Yes, oh, very uh, nasty. With the very fitting for something Witcher esque, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. All about the Danklis. <laughs> Not a ghoul queen. Nice. A little bite. I mean, it is very cool. thin. Just in fresh ghouls and the fresh. I like the fresh ghouls. <laughs> so those are the ones that fit into his heresy range particularly well. Are they the fresh ghouls of Bel Air? I would stay out. <laughs> stay out of the, uh, the swamps because <laughs> they're not right. She's but really not right. Are no good. Yeah, they've all gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fabulous! Yeah. For a, a, a low, low price of one five five for forty minis, for absolutely everything. Jerry mm-hmm. clicks pledge. No, <laughs> <laughs> We've already been through what my October looks like, and it doesn't. Look for me. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, come I on, lads, we're we're this. right at the end of the month. Just you can survive a little longer. <laughs> but, but, yeah, but but that's only the start of October. Then and my October yeah. is brimming. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're obviously with or- October Orc coming, we're going to see October rolling out very soon. God, yeah. October. Yeah. I don't care about Orcs. That's they a Gultober. Yeah, they can do one. <laughs> let's, let's get back to the true meaning of October, which is Halloween and all things spooky. Mm-hmm. There's a reason we inflicted Halloween on the world and people need to remember that and stay away from these green skin things. Yeah. I'm surprised we're not seeing Christmassy minis popping up now with the way the shops are. Kickstarter's oh going to go the same way. Oh, no. Nobody cares about Christmas. <laughs> All right, now I want spooky season. Yeah, even after that, what are you going to do? I mean, you could do maybe a couple of Santa Claus models. <laughs> Look, well, Santa uh, of course, Jerry has one, two-hand. Jerry has three up there in Santa Claus. <laughs> I swear, there's lazy Susans all around him that he just spins to whatever someone says and she's like, ah, I have it. S- someday I'll finish painting those Santa Clauses. But anyway, <laughs> right now I've got to think about whether or not I'm going to get involved with a ghoul king and a ghoul matriarch mm. in a big way. So, yes, uh, there is nine days left to go uh, for the delightful Bad Squidoo ghouls, or Bad Squidoo, as I've heard it pronounced. Mm-hmm. I imagine incorrectly by Yellow Belly. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> right. That's enough of that for another week. Uh, we shall be back on Sunday over on tabletop.com for the XLBS. Uh, you can join us there. And if you're not already a cultist, you can sign up for a 30 day trial. Otherwise, we shall see you for the first week in October next Friday. Until then, have a great week of gaming. Bye bye. Go ahead and check out our other content on screen now. And while you're at it, Why not hit subscribe and remember to ding our dong. Go on, you know you want to click it. Go on.